quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director, and this is The Daily DC. Thanks so much for listening. Today on the podcast, Debate 2 here in Detroit. It is Debate 2 tonight, and that is going to have the front runner for the Democratic nomination, former Vice President Joe Biden, at the center of the stage and clearly prepared to take a lot of incoming. But before we get to Debate 2, I just want to recap a bit from De- Debate 1 and play you some of the highlights. It was a fascinating debate. Because the ideological divide in the Democratic Party was on full display. And I think what became clear in this debate last night as Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, the progressives in this race in the top tier of the field, stood their ground pretty forcefully from an onslaught of criticism from more moderate candidates. Now, the difference, of course, is the more moderate candidates on the stage last night are lower tier candidates who don't really pose a big threat to the Warren and Sanders standing in the race. But the battle for the ideological direction of the party was out there for all to see. And it seemed to me that we're pretty much guaranteed now for that fight to be with us as a key component of this nomination race all the way through the voting, because it is going to be the Democratic primary voters, caucus goers who are going to have to settle which ideological direction they want to push the Democratic Party. I want to just play you some of the sound that sort of gets at this larger theme that I think just was running through and coursing through the entire debate. First, I want you to hear this exchange between uh, former Maryland Congressman John Delaney and Elizabeth Warren, Senator Warren from Massachusetts. And and listen to the exchange, but also why I think you'll when you hear it, you'll hear why I think Warren had a very uh, strong night on that debate stage last night. Here is Delaney and Warren. And focus on those kitchen table pocketbook issues that matter to hardworking Americans, building infrastructure, creating jobs, improving their pay, Thank you, creating universal health care, lowering you, drug prices. Senator we Warren. can do it. You know, I don't understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for president of the United States just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. <laughs> Washington is corruption. It is giant. And in in a similar kind of a moment, Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio was asked in the health care debate about union benefits and how that may be impacted if the American health care system were to move from where it is now, where private insurance companies provide those union benefits that unions have fought long and hard to get very generous packages. If the entire healthcare system, as Bernie Sanders wanted to, moves to a Medicare for all system, single payer, government run healthcare system. And, and here is how Tim Ryan and, and Bernie Sanders battled over that notion of what would happen to union benefits in a Medicare for all world. 
For senior citizens, it will finally include dental care, hearing aids, and eyeglasses. But you don't know Second that. of all. You don't know that, Second Bernie. of all. We'll come to you in a second, I do know, and I wrote the damn bill. Doesn't get any clearer than that. I wrote the damn bill. Sanders, again, as I said at the top, stood his ground, as did Warren. There was no hemming or hawing or pulling back. And Sanders, obviously, is the full true believer on Medicare for All. In fact, when Elizabeth Warren was on CNN later in the evening in the spin room at an interview with Anderson Cooper and his panelists, uh, she was pressed on this point. And I think it was Van Jones that that pressed her on it, if I recall correctly. And she simply sort of dodged and said, well, labor unions will have a seat at the table at figuring this out. So she wasn't in the place where she was willing to concede that unions would lose their private health care benefits that they fought really hard for. She just simply said they would have a seat at the table transitioning to a Medicare for all bill. Not entirely clear what that meant, but she doesn't sort of play up the eradication and elimination of private insurance the way Bernie does as uh, when Senator Sanders is is talking about his Medicare for all proposal that he just made clear he is the author of. So that's where two of the progressives you just heard sort of stood their ground. I, here's a bit more. Just I want to hear Governor Steve Bullock of Montana, who was new to the debate stage, Governor Hickenlooper, the former governor of Colorado, and Delaney sort of put together here at what their sort of one-liners were of attacking that center progressive wing. I say center progressive. Warren and Sanders were in the center of the stage. So when these folks on the outside were pushing at the front runners that were on that stage last night, they were taking on their progressive opponents with these one-liners not kid ourselves. He will be hard to beat. Yet watching that last debate, folks seem more concerned about scoring points or outdoing each other with wish list economics than making sure Americans know we hear their voices and will help their lives. Sure that every American's guaranteed a government job if they want. That is a disaster at the at the ballot box. You might as well FedEx the election to Donald Trump. We can go down the road that Senator Sanders and Senator Warren want to take us with his with bad policies like Medicare for all, free everything and impossible promises that'll turn off independent voters and get Trump reelected. So, as I said, this is an ideological debate that even though some of those candidates who made it, Bullock, Hickenlooper and Delaney, may not be in this race for the long haul. They're kind of stand ins for Joe Biden in many ways of the arguments uh, he will be making come the cold winter days in Iowa and New Hampshire if Sanders and Warren are still the presence in this race that they are right now. There's one other person on the stage that I think is worth hearing from last night, and that's Marion Williamson, the author and spiritual advisor. She once again proved to be the person that people were most curious about. If you look at Google search trends throughout the debate, just like in the first debate when she was on the stage, she was the most searched candidate. That was true last night as well. Uh, she was the most searched candidate. And it's because of moments like this one where she spoke as to why she believes in, in cash payment reparations for African-American descendants of slaves and her overall thoughts on race. This was one of the biggest applause lines of the night. Here's Marion Williamson. 
We need to recognize that when it comes to the economic gap between blacks and whites in America, it does come from a great injustice that has never been dealt with. That great injustice has had to do with the fact that there was 250 years of slavery followed by another 100, 100 years of domestic terrorism. It's $500 billion, 200 to $500 billion payment of a debt that is owed. That is what reparations is. I believe that anything less than $100 billion is, is an insult, and I believe that 200 to $500 billion is, is politically feasible. We need to say it like it is. It's bigger than Flint. It's all over this country. It's particularly people of color. It's particularly people who do not have the money to fight back. And if the Democrats don't start saying it, then why would those people feel that they're there for us? And if those people don't feel it, they won't vote for us, and Donald Trump will win. So that is debate one of the second round of debates, the DNC debates here in Detroit in the books. As for tonight, as I mentioned at the top, Joe Biden, the formidable frontrunner, it seems, or at least one with staying power in the polls so far, while questions still surround how formidable he may be after his last debate performance, he will be at the center of the stage and he knows, as does anyone paying attention to this race, that he's going to be taking a lot of heat. But this is Biden's do-over. A few things are going to get as much scrutiny tonight as Joe Biden's performance on the stage. After that lackluster performance last month in Miami, if he wants to maintain his big advantage in being seen as the person who can best defeat Trump, he needs to show that kind of strength and fortitude on the debate stage tonight in a way he did not in Miami. So whereas last night was extremely substantive, and I'm sure tonight will be too, hitting all the big issues, there will be more scoring of this debate on style simply because of Biden's performance last time and how he improves that this time uh, when he takes a punch, when he tries to land a punch, and just in his fortitude and command on that stage in a way that he did not seem to have in Miami, a lot of Democrats are going to be watching to see if he is up for this challenge of defeating Donald Trump and taking this race all the way to the Oval Office. Couple other things to watch for tonight. Obviously, the politics of race, I anticipate, will be front and center if you look at where we left off, right? Harris taking on Biden and busing in that last debate. Since the debate, she has stuck to her critique of Biden. Uh, Booker has gone even harder than he did before after Biden on the 94 crime bill authorship and calling him the architect of mass incarceration. You know, since then, Biden has put out a comprehensive criminal justice and racial inequality reform plan. So he has a plan that he's coming in with that he can tell pieces of. And of course, his association with the first African-American president, Barack Obama, will be one that he uh, probably often raises. And this is all going to happen with, you know, Harris and Booker on either side of Biden, the two African-American candidates in the race who are contending with him for the nomination. This is all going to happen, this whole conversation, against the backdrop of the President of the United States, who's been sending out racist tweets for the last couple weeks, and who, according to a new Quinnipiac poll, a majority of Americans thinks is a racist sitting in the Oval Office. So it will be interesting against that backdrop, how the Democrats take on each other over the issue of race. Harris on health care is going to be an extremely important moment to watch for. Obviously, she rolled out her health care plan in advance of the debate this week, specifically to put herself, I think, on sturdier political ground than she has been on this issue, causing a lot of confusion over 
just how committed she is to Medicare for all and where she is on the elimination of private insurance and how she pays for that without middle class tax cuts. So now, you know, she's put out the role. She maintains a role. uh, Her policy maintains a role for private insurance companies, a la Medicare Advantage. She moves to Medicare for all as a 10 year transition instead of a four year transition in the Sanders bill. And she sticks to her refusal to raise middle class taxes to pay for it. So questions will still come up, I'm sure, if not tonight on the debate stage, certainly after by her competitors about how she pays for it, how she handles Vice President Biden's attacks, because clearly his campaign is already poised to go after Harris, I think will be a very interesting thing to watch in, in the debate tonight. And then, just like last night, we have some of those one percenters. Gillibrand, de Blasio, Inslee, Gabbard, Michael Bennett of Colorado, all in danger of not making debate number three. Watch this time to see sort of the reverse dynamic. Some of the more progressive candidates like a Gillibrand or a de Blasio on the ends taking on the center. Joe Biden, who's a bit more in the centrist lane in the Democratic Party. So it's the reverse dynamic of last night where the one percenters were the moderates taking on the progressives. It's the other way around. But just again, you got to remember there are five people here who are desperate to break through and have a moment in some way that gets them onto the next debate stage because they aren't there yet. How they handle that will be something uh, worth watching as well. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern, live from Detroit on CNN. Hope you'll tune in. And that does it for this edition of The Daily DC. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you'll be here again tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.